You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Smooth Soul Monday, right here on Ball Don't Lie. Said I want to lighten up the mood a little bit. <laughs> this texter, I like this text, says, Rod B, you said you were going to try and lighten the mood. Cowboys having to come back from behind in the final minutes against the worst team in the NFL, yours and my team, the Houston Texans, is hilarious. I didn't know you were going to do a stand-up comedy segment. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is hilarious, actually. I don't know how that happened. I, and then I told you guys, I gave you that stat that um, in the last, I believe it was the last five years. I can go find it, actually, right here. The last five years, you go look at teams that were 17-plus point favorites in those games. And they were, it had been 29 times that it had happened over the, oh, since 2005. Take it back. Since 2005, it happened 29 times prior to this past weekend with the Cowboys having a 17.5 point, uh, point favorite over the Texans. And those teams, those favorites, were 14-14-1 against the spread in those 29 games. So it was basically 50-50 coin flip whether the Cowboys were going to cover that number or not. I did not see that game you know, playing out the way it did and the Cowboys having to win it in the final moments, game-winning drive. First game-winning drive for Dak all year long. Hey, right on time, baby. Right on time. That's a good warm-up as we continue to move on through the season. I guess so. You know, and I hear people talk about the prevent defense, and they, they, look, you still got to execute. You were 90 Eight yards. You drove 98 yards. 98 yards. And that was an impressive drive. No thinking, just rolling. But I want to give a shout-out to uh, – I want to give a shout-out to Zeke Elliott, man. He looks revitalized for some reason. He was running hard early in that game. He was running through block – I mean, through tacklers, uh, being very effective in the run game, and obviously on the short yardage, he's the go-to back. He is right the go-to now. guy. I got some uh, stats. I'm gonna break down about that tomorrow because yeah, he is. You can tell they situationally, depending on mm-hmm. how much yardage they want to gain, he's their guy. Um, and yeah, I, I I like the way they're utilizing him and Pollard. Pollard had 42 yards rushing t- on 10 rushes, so. He was okay, but Zeke, 62 uh, rushing yards, only, what, 15 carries. Yep. Um, so they were right around 4.1 yards per uh, carry as a team, which wasn't great, uh, but I'm with you. The Cowboys basically played terrible football for most of that game. Hell, the Cowboys trailed the Texans for 29 to 30 minutes in the second half, and then Dak Prescott comes alive. With that 11-play, 98-yard drive, uh, touchdown drive with 2.39 left. And was he was 8 of 8 on that drive, I believe. That's what we do. And No, sorry, 8 of 9. Actually, he was 8 of 9. He missed one because he, I believe he missed one on that drive, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was damn near perfect on that drive. And the biggest factor, uh, and I remember Corey talking about because Corey was at the game, actually. So I want to get his thoughts um, about the Cowboys and their big win. Yes, I say big win because, man, they would have lost to the Texans as a 17.5 <laughs> point favorite. That would have been disastrous. Uh, but 
I think the biggest adjustment made and probably the best adjustment in the entire game for the Cowboys won the game when Terrence Steele went down. By the way, latest on Terrence Steele is bad news. It's, it's a bad out. news Monday. He's yep. out for the season. Torn yep. ACL. Torn He's ACL. out for this. Yep. So bad news Monday continues for Cowboys fans. Everybody gets some of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> everybody gets some of this bad You're news. You're not exempt. You're not exempt. <laughs> uh, but Terrence Steele out. But they decided when Josh Ball was out there because Josh Ball. He was their initial replacement at right tackle. He he wasn't a disaster, but he was uh, underwhelming, and he was a liability. Um, he struggled, and one of his uh, plays where he struggled was the interception. Um, it was the pressure that came from Josh Ball's uh, man, and that's, it hit the it, it hit Dak's arm. I think on yep. the throw, he got hit on the throw. Interception ended up being an interception after that play. All right, after that that play, they after that drive, I should say, because that drive was over. They put in Jason Peters at right tackle. And immediately, I mean, this guy, had, and by the way, even he said he hadn't played right tackle, hadn't played, had had zero reps at right tackle since 2005. So he hadn't oh, had geez. any tackle reps at all at right tackle. Um, but he just, they threw him in there. And it was, you got to give uh, Philbin credit because I think he was the one that did it. Um, but initially, after they made so the first play, was a completion of Dalton Schultz after they made that. This is when they go on the drive. Completing the Dalton Schultz for 23 yards. Then they got the rollout to the right side for that nine-yard gain and the 13-yard completion to Schultz. Um, also on that, uh, Noah Brown had an 18-yard completion that put the Cowboys on the Texans' 22-yard line. That pretty much was the difference in them being able to move the footballs when they put him at right tackle. And the offensive line gained a ton of uh, continuity uh, with him there. And even Dak Prescott said it was awesome. Um, a guy that hadn't played right tackle since 05, but a veteran, a gold jacket veteran. You have no worries when he comes in, and wherever he has to fill in and do his job, you know his standards and expectations are to the highest, and he'll give it his all. Right. So, so that was a hell of a He said he did admit he was going to put himself there. He was going to go to the coaches and tell them, hey, put me in at right tackle, but he said the coaches beat him to it. The coaches told him. They're to like, no, man, coach. we already know. Don't yep. even come over here trying yeah. to holler at me. Go he, on in there, man. Well, Get he's ready. He's a vet, man. He's been yeah. in the league forever. So he's about, hey, man, I'm, y'all, need me to, y'all need me to take that spot. He's like, nah, they, you know, go ahead. We got you. The, best, the best thing run. he said in that situation was, I know how to get in front of people. Solid you know said. what I'm saying? Yep. I I know how to get in front of people, and that's exactly what you need. And he's a large human being with good feet. So yep. all he had to do was just stand in there because there wasn't uh you weren't going to be pulling, you weren't going to be doing mm-hmm. any of that cuz it was all passing. So all you had to do was just stand and not let That's the quarterback get hit. That's a great point. Yeah, you're right. He didn't have to know He the, didn't have the to plays, know the play. He just knows the right passing. tackle to do. That's a great point. Yeah. And to your here's a quote from him saying, "I know I can stand in front of people." And after Dak got hit and threw that interception, I was like, man, I got to go in and try to help us win. That's what I was thinking. But before I could turn around, offensive line coach Joe Philbin was like, you're going in. <laughs> so, right. hey, great minds think alike. Yep. He said, he quote, he must have read my mind. Um, so I think it was great. That, that was, to me, that was a money decision by the Cowboys. I would say coaches are just problem solvers. Go solve the damn problem. You right. ain't got all day to solve it either, by the way. You, you, got, you, got, a few, you <laughs> got a few minutes to solve this damn problem and try to figure out how to give your, chance, your team the best chance to win. That was damn good coaching by the Cowboys. Not the whole game. 
The whole game was probably bad. You probably yeah. got you got out coached by the Texans for most of that game. And even me, a Kellen Moore fan, I'll admit that was a trash game playing by <laughs> Kellen Moore going up against the Texans. Underestimating. You can't you can't they underestimate did. They people. Did. They fell for they fell for the cheese. It's the it, it's, it's a trap. It's, it's a, a trap. It's an NFL team. Yeah, you fell for the cheese. You can't man. go out there. Even though they're tanking, they still want to be respected. Mm-hmm. And you gotta go out there and play. If you're gonna tell me they were tanking. Jalen Petrie didn't get the message. No, nah, you're right about that. He, he didn't get the message. Twelve tackles for him, two two PBUs, led the, led the team in both. He's hell, he's turning into a hell of a player. Man, for and, and laying hat on people the entire time. That, that he hit uh, Michael Gallup on that sideline. I was like, good lord. Yeah, no, Gallup were, held on to the ball, but he, he knew he was there. You're right. That's probably why he dropped that pass in the end zone because he got popped Ooh. by Petrie again there. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. That's why it was a physical game. Very the much Cowboys so. The Cowboys had a lot of guys just just fall, just go out of the game. Terrence Steele went out, obviously, now for the season. But I remember, um, um, man, Jonathan Hankins left the game for a while. Jake Ferguson ended up leaving the game. Um, Dorrance Armstrong left the game at one point. Trevor yep. Diggs left the game and came back. Yep. It was a physical game. I'll give the Cowboys a lot of credit. The Cowboys, the Texans are an incompetent, inept franchise, too. Um, but the Cowboys held on. It's a coyote, ugly win. Like I said, this is not a win that you will take out to the movies and, and, and want to show off in public. Nope. <laughs> this, you don't take this win out to the movies. You don't take it out to dinner, to a nice steak dinner. What you say? You get, to, you get to go food? Yeah, you get to go. <laughs> she may be able to go to the Waffle House with you on the other side of town yeah, yeah. for a late night meal. You know what I mean? After midnight somewhere where nobody else is. Way out there by the airport, we'll go to that Waffle House. But no, that is not a win you want to brag about or show off. But the, they, hey, you got it. Like you said, it's the NFL. It ain't college. You don't need. You don't need. You don't need a lot. Yeah, you know, you don't need all the beauty points. You don't need the style points. All you gotta do is get the dub. They got the dub. It was ugly though, man. That was ugly. And I think it showed you that if you're the Cowboys. It showed to me. It showed me the Cowboys can play ugly and still win. Cowboys for a while they had to they had to win pretty. Last year they were like they had to kind of win pretty. Yeah, Cowboys they, they've been winning ugly in some games. And you got to have games like that in the NFL. Where you got to win ugly. Absolutely, you, because you could be on the other side and we're in here with a totally different conversation today. No and you know we've been talking and you've been bringing this up the last couple of weeks. Who's the best team in the NFC? Right now, you would say Eagles, Eagles by far, because they're eleven and one, and every team that they play against has had to wear that butt whooping it thoroughly too, Eagles, man. from all levels. Oh yeah. And then we talked about San Francisco. So in order for the Cowboys to continue to be in that conversation, you have to win those types of games because in the playoffs, it don't matter how you win it. You can put the wig on the pig and do it big, but right now you just got to win. Like you, that's that. how you got to make that happen. So for them to be able to do that, and no matter how ugly it was, now you get to regroup, mm-hmm. you get to figure it out, Damn right. and you get to start all over. And to your point, we were talking about it during the break, now the Cowboys are pissed off. And they're going to go have to play a, a team in Jacksonville who is pissing off a lot of people too because they're they're playing good football. Jacksonville, yeah, man, I saw, oh, just real quick since we're talking about Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence. Turning it up. Yeah, he's starting to look like the guy we all thought he was going to be. Yep. Uh, he had uh, 368 yards passing, 30 of 42. I'm this. And that game versus the Titans. And the Titans are – that's a decent defense, man. Yep. That's, that's no uh, slouch of a defense. He is he, – versus that defense, he's one of three quarterbacks in NFL history with at least 40 attempts – at least a 70% completion percentage, at least eight and a half yards per attempt, uh, at least one rushing touchdown, and zero interceptions, fumbles, or sacks 
in a game where he, he where he met that criteria. Patrick Mahomes did it in 2020 versus Baltimore. Drew Brees did it versus San Fran in 2019, and now Trevor Lawrence. If he so he's playing like that, they're gonna be a problem. Yeah, they're definitely gonna be a, they're problem. Gonna be a problem. And the biggest thing that <laughs> helped him out. They got rid of Urban Meyer, and they bought in Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson. man. I love me some Doug Peterson. Right, and he's making him a better quarterback that we all thought he was going to be. I mean, you don't come in and, and you're that guy throughout your life. You're the number one quarterback in the nation throughout mm-hmm. your life, oh, yeah. and then you get to the NFL and you can't even sniff it. That's because Urban Meyer was being disrespectful to half the players. Doug Peterson is teaching these guys how to play, play the quarterback position in the NFL. He's got a young group of guys that are playing really, really hard. Like Kim Folk, Jermichael Hasty on that team. Travis Etienne, who we all was kind of curious when Urban Meyer wanted to move him to a wide receiver. Yeah, was, like, what were you doing? Yeah, and now look at what he's doing right now in the NFL as a running back. Short yardage, scoring touchdowns. I love the fact that they picked up Doug Peterson for the growth of their really franchise was. quarterback and making that change. Let me tell you about my friends over at Quick Roofing. Do you, you know, ever think about your roof only when it rains, maybe some high winds? It's been raining a little bit, so you might want to make sure that you get that checked out. Do yourself a favor and go to quickroofing.com. The Quick Roofing story is so inspiring. Jeff Quick started Quick Roofing with one roof in 1984, and now 38 years later, they've had over 200,000 projects. You can't stay in business that long if you're not taking care of your customers and have a great reputation for customer service. You can get that free, no-obligation inspection, seven-year workmanship warranty, Quick Roofing is fully insured and has all state and local licenses. Quick Roofing doesn't even require any money up front until 100% completion and, of course, 100% satisfaction. And the only way you can get that satisfaction is because Quick Roofing has a project manager on every job site ensuring that you get everything that you were promised. So what are you waiting for? Reach out today and get that free inspection. Ask for my friend Mark Baker and go to quickroofing.com today. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, um, we got a couple of minutes left here. Um, we'll talk, obviously, a lot more Cowboys um, um, later on this week and preview their matchup with the Jacks. But they did make an acquisition uh, signing. Uh, they got T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Who's a little older, harsh, but, you know, I think maybe they want a veteran presence in there with those uh, young wide receivers. And what they want from T.Y. Hilton, in my opinion, is when they go to the playoffs and they go to three wide receiver sets, whether it's 11 personnel or 10 personnel, and they have either the defense putting their best cover corner on tra- uh, uh, sorry, on uh, C.D. Lamb, which mm-hmm. is their top receiver, or they decide to put their top cover guy on Michael Gallup and then shade coverage or road coverage to C.D. Lamb and double cover him and bracket him. Either way, that's going to be special attention paid to your top two pass catchers, your top two receivers, and you're going to want a third guy who you know can consistently beat man-to-man coverage against a second or a third best cover guy. And I think T.Y. Hilton can do that. I think so, too. Yeah. 
And that is why, you know, it was a name that was out there that I was looking at. But remember, he had some knee injury issues he as did. well. He did. So you're still looking at what he and Odell are are able to bring. And they said Odell is still not out of the the running right now, which I'm is not, I'm why, shocked by that. How is that? T.Y. Hilton is 33 years old and Odell is 30 years old. So you get a three-year difference. But I would look at Odell as somebody that's had more injuries than T.Y., but I don't, I'm don't. i not for sure yeah. on that because T.Y.'s had he's been, he's some been injuries. He's been yeah. too, but I don't know if they've been as – Significant. Yeah. Yes, I don't yeah. know if they've been as debilitating as the Odell Beckham Jr. Days. But for as a Cowboy fan, I, I'm fine with this move because I think he's still and he's fresh. He's fresh and he's older. He's older. And he, I mean, I'm like mature wise, mm-hmm. mentally to come in and be that leader. We look at Odell in a totally different way. Ty doesn't say much. He's not a loud, you know. He's not an outspoken me no. me guy. No, but he's somebody that's probably going to fit in really well with the system that the Cowboys have. But what we talked about earlier, just because you're bringing this in, don't continue to have Dak throwing it 39 times in a game where he should. you should still be running the ball during the game. Yeah, no, you're right about that. That's a good point, too. Uh, so T.Y. Hilton is a member of the Cowboys. I've not heard. Is that a one-year deal? They signed him a mercenary they, they deal? They said one-year deal. It's a one-year deal. Yeah. And maybe that's why they signed him so quick, too. Odell reportedly wants a longer deal. No more doubt. security, more stability over time, too. Uh, oh, shots. my man Corey actually went to that game. That's right. This past weekend. Went to the Cowboys-Texas game. What were your thoughts about uh, the game? Everybody in the, in the stands freak out, all the Cowboys fans? Oh, well, you know how it is, you know, when you're at an NFL game and some gentlemen are having some some drinks. There's a lot of, there's a lot of obscenities being <laughs> you thrown them around. Gentlemen. You call them gentlemen, though. Good for you. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> he respects his elders. He does. That's nice, yeah. There was definitely a lot of obscenities being thrown around. And, man, after that first drive, Dallas is ripping off like eight yards per rush. Zeke was getting going. Pollard punches in. You're kind of sitting there thinking, like, man, might be a blowout. Might be leaving, you know, yeah. in the middle of the fourth quarter. Yeah. But it just seemed like Dak, Dak did not, you know, play that well. They they really couldn't get it going. They took a bunch of deep shots, but mm-hmm. they just couldn't hit on them. Right. But at the end of the day, your defense was able to come up with the big stops, and your forty million dollar quarterback marched down the field even after playing bad the whole game and okay. all the criticism that he takes, especially from like the national media. Yeah. He ended up making it happen. So. Yep. And. You know, I give credit to Mike McCarthy uh, because the Jason Garrett teams that I've you know watched growing up, maybe they uh, they seemed like they wouldn't have been able to just pull that out after playing like that. And you know, it could have been all the years that Lovey Smith, um, you know, has played against Mike McCarthy. They have that history. Oh, uh, that's a good one. I maybe he dialed that. something up that uh, hmm. maybe he had some uh, a little insight after playing him all those years in Chicago. But at the end of the day, it goes in the win column, and you can move on. So yeah. No, I'm with you on that. That's a, and I remember that you're right. Early on, it did seem like, oh man, it's gonna be a blowout. Right. It was that Cavante Turpin fumble. That was it. As no, soon as, and it what did I tell big, you? Rod? It seemed like it was, it was, it was a big momentum shift. That was the thing that I was worried about during the game. Yeah. I said, in order for them, because we were talking about maybe backdoor covers yeah. and all that other stuff. That was the big. only way that happens is if you put yourself in a bad situation, a dropped punt. Uh, interceptions, interceptions, turnovers, just the way yeah. and and putting them in the prime field position. Yeah, and technically, if they don't do that goal line stand, 
You lose. Oh, Demarcus Lawrence, that tackle for oh, loss that was first huge one? When he on shot third the and gap? one. Yeah. When he shot the gap, it was I was like, third Ooh. and one. I thought Texas could have scored. They should have. They should have scored. Yes. It was third and one, and then yes. his tackle for loss made it fourth and three, and then they stuff him again on the fourth and three, and then you get yes. your your game winning drive. That was big. That yeah. was you're right about that. We don't talk enough about that. That right. game that was a that was a hell of a. It goal was the line turnover stand. right there. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was yeah. it. That was a hell of a goal line yeah. stand for the Cowboys. All right, uh, the big news today, obviously. Um, Chris Beard has been uh, suspended, actually, by the University of Texas. He was arrested earlier today. Um, the university did take steps. Uh, here's their statement officially. The university, university takes matters of interpersonal violence involving members of its community seriously. Given the information available, the university has suspended Chris Beard from his position as head coach of men's basketball and will withhold his pay until further notice. Associate head coach Rodney Terry will serve as acting head coach for tonight's game against the Rice also, uh, Ronnie Terry, we thought that would be the case, Harge, um, and then it came down probably about an hour ago um, that that was indeed going to be the case. Well, we think of the morale of this Texas basketball team tonight, their psyche, their morale after an entire day of listening to the world talk about you know their head coach and their basketball program and maybe not in the, the most complimentary of, of lights. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't this know. This is not a, you know, this is. It's about leadership. No, it is definitely for, about the it, leadership. you got a player-led team, yep. things like this, which uh, obviously can be more than just a distraction for the team. Um, you know, this is when you kind of show uh, what type of leadership and what type of, you know, fiber you have as a team, right? That, that um, you well, know, that, t- that fortitude you have as a group. I mean, this is what it's about. You're supposed to be the number Two, three. They're number seven now. Number seven team in the country, yeah. But here's the other part, and this is the main thing about it. The beautiful thing about all of this, and this is not a a slight on any other situation, they're getting a chance to play at home. If they were on the road, this would be a totally different situation. At least you get to play in the friendly confines for right now. Yeah, uh, there you go. You get to play in front of family. That's right. <laughs> family. Times, times like this. No doubt. You definitely want to be around family. I consider you guys to be family. So Already. thank you. Appreciate my man Horace. Thank you, my man Corey. Uh, and, pre- and thanks to my man Patrick. He's down there uh, getting ready for the Texas basketball game. As a matter of fact, you got the pregame coming up next. I consider my man Craig Wade to be family as well. Him and Eddie are on the call, so stick around for that. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. I can say to you guys family. Peace!